Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and I'm so grateful that you're here with me today, and also so excited because I have Amanda Blair back on the podcast. She is just, ugh, she's a powerhouse, and I love having conversations with her. She was actually on, um, earlier on, season two, where we cracked wide open everything relating to codependency and attachment styles within relationships. It was the most received episode the podcast has ever had. It's insane to even just look at the numbers because it still just goes up and up and up every single day, which is not surprising if you have followed along with Amanda. She's very magnetic and just everything that she talks about within relationships, both to self and romantically and just around boundaries, it's intoxicating. And she really just mirrors that part of you that wants to continue to grow and to get better and to step into that worth. So today is really a treat because I wanted to talk to Amanda about dating within quarantine. So whether that means you're single and you're dating online, maybe you met someone right around quarantine, right before, maybe you are kind of very much integrated into your relationship and you're living with somebody and that's deeming a little bit difficult. Maybe it's going great. What have you? There's something in here for everyone. We also end up talking a lot about um, individuality within your relationship and being able to maintain that. So making it so your relationship doesn't become this vacuum of sorts where all of your personal desires and your personal goals sort of shoved to the wayside. This can happen very subconsciously and Amanda offers up so many beautiful attainable tips about how to just step more into your individual power, your individual self, and just making time to nurture that so that you don't hit this point of where the hell did I go, right? We also touch at the very end about self-abandonment, which gets me a little bit emotional. Amanda shares some wisdom that just rocks me to my core, and I really hope that it resonates with those of you as well who have some abandonment issues, which can look so different to each of us individually. So I'm not going to keep you much longer because this episode is just so, so good, but I will ask that if you have... 30 seconds or so after this episode is over and you want to head to iTunes to leave a five-star rating and review, I'd be so grateful. It really does help the podcast to grow organically and just land in the laps of those who might need it. And if you know anyone who you feel like this episode would land really well for, I do encourage you to share. It really helps the podcast again, and it also helps Amanda and get her message across and just her ability to crack wide open um, with her beautiful, vulnerable self for all of us. Thank you so much and enjoy the show with Amanda Blair. Amanda, I'm so thankful to have you back here on the podcast. Your episode where we dove deep into codependency and finding your attachment style was one of the most well-received episodes that I've had. Yeah, so I'm Yay. so excited to give Thank the listeners so more of your wisdom. So yeah, I can't wait for people to hear more from you. So I always like to paint a picture for the listeners. So can you share a bit about what life is looking like for you right now in this present moment? Yes, sure. Um, Well, I have been quarantining in Oregon with my parents. Mm -hmm. They live on the coast in a tiny little town, um, which 
I was supposed to be out here for only a week um, in March, and then that has turned into a month. Mm -hmm. But it's been really beautiful because I've been in nature and I've been, you know, taking lots of walks and with my family and with our dog. And we've been trying to do, trying to find, you know, things that are hikes that are still open and beaches that are still open because everything is really shut down. Um, but no matter where you kind of are here, you're somewhere near a forest. So it's been really lovely to just have that every day to like be really quiet and be able to go outside and get Mm -hmm. that healing. Yeah. And you originally, you live in New York most of the time, correct? I live in New York. Yeah. I live in Brooklyn. Um, and I will be going back there, um, should nothing happen, uh, on Saturday, which is, I'm excited for, but I have been just here, um, with Mm -hmm. quarantine. Yeah. So for those of, for those of the people who haven't listened to your previous episode, which I will link below because everyone should listen to it. It's so, so good. Can you just give us a little bit of a background as to the type of work that you do? Um, and also I'll let you announce your newest role, which I'm personally very excited for. Yes. I'm so excited too. Um, so I'll just say that first. My new role is that I am a to be magnetic coach. So to be magnetic released, um, a coaching program or rolled out a coaching program and myself and Heather Whitaker, we are coaches and this has been something that's been kind of on the burner for a while. And it's so exciting for me. I'm over the moon. It was like a huge dream on my manifestation list and I am just so stoked. Um, but my background with coaching is, um, I mentored under Lacey Phillips, so that's very in line that I'm now mm-hmm. coaching under her brand. And I kind of found my niche um, in relationship coaching and specifically with attachment theory. And even inside of relationship coaching, I focus really on the relationship we have to ourselves because that is what determines the relationship we have with everything else in our life. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of clients that are like, well, I'm in a relationship, but I'm still wanting to do some work because we're feeling my partner and I just don't feel aligned. You know, can I work with you? And it's like, of course, because it's about, this is about you. That's amazing. Um, I didn't know that, you know, single or, you know, getting out of a relationship. It's like all phases, or even if it's not related to relationship, like I'm not really looking for something right now in terms of love, but you know, I have career things I need to work on. So like, great. Yeah. Cause it's your relationship to yourself that we're going to dig into, you know, see where your blocks are, see where limiting beliefs are, and then help you reprogram and manifest whatever you're trying to call in. So it's really that relationship to self, um, and how that, how, how that uh, then projects out into your life that I focus on. That's really beautiful. I didn't realize the, how extensive that the work mm-hmm. was that you do with your clients. So will you still have your own coaching practice in addition to being a to, ma- to be magnetic coach? No, 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 no. Um, I am full-time to be magnetic Amazing. coaching. Amazing. So, so good. I'm just with them, which is, it feels like a promotion, yeah. which I didn't think I could get after I started working for myself. And then the universe was like, surprise, you can, here yeah. we go. So it's really cool. Oh yeah. That's so amazing. So yeah, I guess we can cut this out too, because I want to ask this, but do you, are you working with clients right now or have you had to shut all of that down? Like, have you been working with clients up until you got I the promotion? Have, okay. And I will continue to see my, we can keep this in. This is fine. Okay. Um, I will continue to see my clients that I have before I started coaching with to be magnetic mm-hmm. and I'll keep them at like 
they'll just like schedule in with me manually. Um, but I won't be taking on any new clients under myself. It's just under to be magnetic. Um, because it's, you know, I'm doing that full time Mm -hmm. and it's a dream and that's all I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's the work that I teach anyway. Um, because that's the programming or the, rather the workshops that I use for reprogramming. So it is very, like a, just a seamless fit. You know, that's like who I I learned under Lacey. So it, it makes sense. Yeah. Have you found during COVID-19 that your clientele is kind of shifting in a new way? Like, has it gotten quieter with isolation and social distancing or have things kind of been more elevated and triggered? Um, that's a really good question. I feel like a little bit of both. I have talked to people that are kind of, at you know, life is continuing on and they're just moving through the typical things that are coming up for them with the addition of what's coming up in quarantine. Mm-hmm. I think we're all feeling triggered mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're in this whole new paradigm. Um, life has changed as we know it. And that of course is going to bring shit up for people. Yeah. And then I think there are still clients that are dealing with, you know, financial hardship and they're not quite sure how to move forward with that or, you know, just having the stress and concern of family and, that feels really triggering or they're, you know, just feeling very triggered by having to stay inside all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then of course, like navigating dating during this time and what that means. So I would say it's been pretty mixed. So let's talk about that a bit, dating within the pandemic. So in my head, I see this going two ways. One, Mm -hmm. the issue of people maybe dropping their standards and foregoing their boundaries because of extreme loneliness, right? Which we know is occurring for so many people, especially for people who are single and living alone. Um, and then also being led by fear. So dating out of that desperation, because there's really nothing better to do with our time. You know, we're like getting all of this alone time, but on the flip side, I can also see it as this ability to really crack yourself open and use it as this like time of deep self-awareness. So, Mm -hmm. and just like the beauty of being able to take things slow and getting creative with how you're getting to know another person and how they truly communicate. I am really curious to get your your opinion on this, breaking this down a little bit, the dropping of boundaries and being led by fear. So what would you want to say to the listeners who are in that place of like, fuck it, at least it's entertainment, right? Right. Well, I, yeah, I think that this is a great time for dating mm. because I think it actually creates less of an environment for what you're talking about, the dropping of boundaries and just being like, fuck it, because there's not the physical it at play. Sure. So our home, our hormones are not going to be going as wild. I mean, of course there is still ways to be (laughs) sexy on Skype or Zoom or FaceTime, but it's not as easy to, if you're out with someone and you're drinking and you're like, sure, let's go home and watch a movie, quote unquote. So true. Um, So I think with that physical distance, what is happening is there's more of an opportunity to take this really slow. And by this, I mean dating, take dating really slow and actually get to know each other. You know, you, if you're meeting online, um, and you're texting in the app and then it's like, you know, you move to texting in your phone and then, you know, you have a phone call and then you move on to FaceTime. There's just more time where you're just talking. Yeah. You know, and you're really just having conversation with people, getting to know them. And with that physical boundary in play, 
there's more opportunity to spot red flags and say, oh, that is something that feels weird and I don't like that. And there's so much lower stakes that I think it's so much easier for people then to walk away from something that isn't working or they see like, oh, that's not what I want. Or Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's rude. He showed up to our FaceTime date late, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this is actually a really great opportunity to step more into boundaries. It's like you're getting help with your boundaries because there is this automatic wall there that you both can't really climb. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't be hanging out with new people because we're supposed to be being quarantined and safe. Um, And I think that's really helpful at this time. What about the passing of tests? Do you feel like that would be harder to navigate when it's all over technology? Because I think a lot of times it's like kind of this feeling that you can get when you're looking at another person and you're like sharing their mm-hmm. their human energy, um, right? What do you think about that? No, I think tests are are really easy to spot right now. I mean, this is I should say it will be easy if you've been really doing the work and by doing the work, what do I mean by that? By, you know, doing the reprogramming around when triggers pop up, when wounds pop up, setting strong boundaries for yourself and then following through on those boundaries, you know, stepping into your worth and then yes, passing tests. So if that's happening, if all that work is happening behind you, then passing the test is quite easy and people are going to be showing up um, the way that they would show up in person, it's just going to be, you know, over the phone or over FaceTime, but that's still the same, the still the same things are to look, are there's still the same things to look for? So for example, if someone is showing up really late to your FaceTime date, like 30 minutes late, if someone was 30 minutes late to a in-person date, mm-hmm. that would not be cool. Yeah. It's not cool to show up to a FaceTime date late. So I would have the same standards of, um, your, you know, things to look out for and red flags apply. And, you, you know? know, yeah. And hearing you say that I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's actually beneficial from the standpoint too, that people tend to say things a lot more freely via text message that mm-hmm. it can become very easy to be like, no, thank you. You know, like those boundaries right. are kind of dropped for people when they text. So you'll learn right. very quickly. If right. that like, is the kind example, of communication I have clients that are talking to me about, you know, what they're experiencing out with when they're dating virtually. Mm. And, you know, they're running into people online that are like, oh, talking about sex right away. And so it's like, hi, huge red flag. Bye. Yeah. You know? 100%. And that is so that's just such an easy thing to be like, nope, 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 nope. Because yeah. I think when people are in this quarantine, we're really being our like more of ourselves yeah. in good ways and yeah. in not great ways. But then yeah. when someone is showing up in a not great way, awesome. That's yeah. so great. Cause then it just shows you very clearly, Oh, you're not what I'm looking for. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just clearing the bullshit out of your path. Yeah. So I think right now it's, it's easier. Yeah. It's also because so you're not, there's not a lot of investment because you're just talking on the phone. Not to say that you're talking to someone for two months on the phone, you're not going to have some investment. You totally will. But there will be, it will feel less, you know, I think painful if you are, you've been on the phone with someone a couple times and you Mm -hmm. see a red flag to be like, eh, yeah, I'm not really looking to talk to that person anymore versus like you've been out on four to five dates with them in person. You've made out with them. You know, they Mm -hmm. held your hand 
all these like little romantic things happened to walk away when you see a red flag. So I feel like this is actually a great time for the practicing of boundaries and spotting tests and walking away and remembering that like you need to keep things low stakes, you know, and that we're coming from a place of, of worth and um, wholeness so that we're not looking for anyone to complete us. You know, we're already complete. Mm -hmm. And so anything is just an addition to our lives versus kind of creating that life for us. Absolutely. I feel like that's a great time to really get into that zone Mm -hmm. because we do have all this time to work on ourselves, which is a benefit. And also I'm sure a little overwhelming, but you know, if we use it to our advantage. It's been funny too, for me personally, I'm just going to admit this here because why the hell not? But so within dating, I know I have this podcast and I'm an open book, right? I put it out for anyone to hear. And when it comes to dating, obviously I'm not going to hold back. I always say like, yeah, I'm a photographer and I have a podcast. That's, those are the two things that I put most of my energy into and how I make my money. So the minute I say, yeah, I have a podcast. What's their follow-up question? Oh, what's it called? And you're like, oh shit. Like, oh God. So it's been this weird thing for me where before I would have this panic attack and like maybe not even respond and just be like, no, because it's like such an open window for them to just literally learn so much about me in one sitting. They can listen to whatever they want. And this time around, I've really had that. I'm swearing a lot today, but it's fine. I've really had that fuck it mentality where I'm like, if you want to dig, get to digging. This is going to be the easiest way for you to learn about who I am, and if they like it, great. And if they don't, yeah, great. You know, so it's right. been this really and healthy. Has, it's just a way, another way to like clear bullshit out. Absolutely. You know, if yeah. they don't, if they were turned off by whatever they heard on here, amazing. I'm so yeah. glad I don't have to spend time, you know, having yes. a conversation with you that probably wouldn't really go anywhere. And yeah. you could just we can figure that out right now. I know. Like, yeah. I, personally have had this is going to sound mean but I had someone that I matched with a while ago um online dating and he was a stand-up comic and he sent me his stand-up comedy routine and I just did not find it funny mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. and I was like I just I don't feel like we're gonna connect it like I don't like I don't really get your sense of humor yeah. and I don't find it hilarious so this mm-hmm. is great because now I know that and I can let you know like Okay, not really interested and like move forward and 100%. like god bless I couldn't be a stand-up comedian so yeah. but I think it's important to if you have an opportunity to like get to know what someone does and it doesn't resonate that's cool hundred like, percent you can keep moving forward and it's not a it's not any sort of comment on what they're doing it's just their people don't always connect and that's okay yeah it would be crazy if we did It would be, like, exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, I used to think that the podcast was, like, a hindrance or, like, an inconvenience. And now I'm like, this is such a huge blessing to have this platform for that reason alone. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And it's just another way to be vulnerable. It's another way to bring any of those shadow aspects to to light because that shadow of you being like, oh, I don't want them to listen and feel vulnerable is because then – there's a part of you that doesn't feel worthy that feels like, oh, if you get to know the real me, mm-hmm. then you won't like me, right? And we want to bring that to light and so that we can integrate it and find wholeness versus keeping it back in the dark and in the shadow so mm-hmm. that it's just tearing and not tearing, but rather pulling us down and 
preventing us from showing up as fully as we can. Like mm-hmm. the more opportunity we can create for ourselves to own that shadow, the better. Yeah. Let's lean into that for one second because what would you, I'm sure so many people are hearing you say that and being like, yes, I have been there. I mean, I know I have before. So outside yeah. I'll, I'll link all of to be magnetics workshops because I'm, I'm saying this to all of you as someone who does them. They are so powerful. Um, But for anyone who hasn't or is just looking for maybe like a tip or two, what is a way that someone can kind of lean into that when they're feeling that shadowy shit Mm. arise? Well, we just updated shadow. um, So I highly recommend people who are in the pathway who haven't been, who haven't visited in a while to go grab that. And if not, you don't want to get in the pathway, you can also buy that a la carte. Um, but one of the ways that is suggested in there is to own any aspect that's in your shadow as much as you can publicly. So for example, it would be like, if you feel insecure about the fact, oh, I'll just use the first example. I, um, barely got into college. I got in on a technicality because I got a D in my, um, chemistry class because it was zero period, which meant 6 30 AM and I'm a terrible sleeper. So I missed 30 days of <laughs> class once because I overslept. Um, and I got a D in math because I'm terrible at math. So I didn't take them for summer school and they didn't, they told me I didn't have to. And then when it came time, they were like, nope, you can't. But then they had said, so they let me in. Anyway, technicality, I felt really ashamed of that. And like, I was stupid. So I held that behind me and kept it as a secret for a very long time. Then I just started telling people. So mm-hmm. I would tell people that I just started dating. I barely got into college. It was on a technicality. I would tell friends um, of friends that I really admired, but I didn't know if they liked me or not. I would just like throw that out into conversation when it was brought mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. in context, not just like <laughs> randomly shouting that out to people. Um, you know, owning it here mm-hmm. on this podcast. So I'm just, the more I speak it out now, it like affects me not at all. I Mm -hmm. don't even register it as embarrassing. I'm like, yeah, that happened. Cool. Whatever. I'm still very smart and I'm still very capable. So the more that you own something, so it can be like on your Instagram, you can do get on stories and say, I want to share something with you guys that I felt really insecure about. I got into college on a technicality. Mm -hmm. Ah, That's what happened. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the story. Here's Mm -hmm. how I felt about it. You know, share with me, like what's something that you feel insecure about? Um, or, you know, when you're in conversation with friends, like on all these zoom calls that we're having, ask a question, be like, Hey, everyone share something that you have felt like makes you unlovable or Mm -hmm. like not worthy. And, you know, be like, I'll go first. This is mine. Mm -hmm. Or if you're on a virtual date with someone, share something that you can just own that you have felt shameful about. Mm -hmm. And now you can bring it forward into light so you can find that wholeness integration. And that's one of the tips that, is in the shadow um, workshop. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so, so, so powerful because by doing so, that shadow aspect of mine is completely integrated. Again, I oh, find it to yeah. be not even, I'm not even insecure about it, like at 1% at all, like nothing. I could tell anyone about that and I wouldn't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like it's a judgment on my worth mm-hmm. anymore where it used to be. So with my personal personal example of like the podcast, it's clear as day that like I think that I'm maybe too deep for people that they're going to be like, this girl is just like way too tapped in. I have something to say about that. Okay. Um, I hear this so much with female clients mm-hmm. of, well, you know, it, it could be that like I'm too deep 
also PS me too. Um, <laughs> or I hear a lot, well, I, my body type isn't, you know, the ideal body type. So I, I'm not going to be able to find a guy in New York because they only like, like model type women. And I'm like, cool. Those aren't the guys you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so to you, yeah. you're not looking for the guys that are interested in a woman who is deep and intense. Cool. You're not looking for them. That's yeah. not, so they're not even on your radar. So why are we worried about someone that we're not even trying to call <laughs> That's in? That's so true. We're calling yeah. in someone who is wanting what we have to offer and vice versa. Yeah. You know, I'm not worried about, you know, liking a guy that I'm not going to like. I'm like, I don't like that. Yeah. You know, I don't want someone who is an alcoholic. So I'm not worried about going around and like liking them. I'm like, I, I definitely know that I don't want that. Yeah. So same for verse, you know, reverse, like the person that isn't going to like what you're about. Awesome. Thank you for clearing the way because now you're making space for all the people that will. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what you focus on. Yeah. That's so true. Oh, that makes me just want to like do shadow right after this. <laughs> I yeah, might, I honestly really might. So yeah. So I, I want to, s- what's that? I said, I just, I do that workshop a lot. Do you? Like how often would you (laughs) say that you go back? Cause I love when people share that they've done the works like again and again and again, it is certainly not like a one-time thing. Um, do you do it Um, only when you're triggered or do you do it as kind of like a self-care reoccurrence? I do it when I notice, um, whenever I have like a certain Mm. thing that I am really insecure about just continuing to pop up and pop up and Mm. pop up. So it pops up more than three times. I'm like, all right, I got to take this through shadow because it's, it'll like pop up in different areas Mm -hmm. in different ways. And so I know that it's really tapping into like a deeper core wound. And so I'm like, all right, I got to integrate this. Let's Mm -hmm. go and bring it forward. So it really depends um, in terms of like timing, but that's what I look for is like, if the same thing is popping up for me more than three times, I'm like, I got to take this through shadow so I can just like kind of start to really clear it out and, um, D I keep saying D to, <laughs> weaken I want to say de-strengthen to weaken um that neural pathway that mm-hmm. has created that sort of limiting belief whatever yeah. it is so that I can strengthen the new one that mm-hmm. I want to create so so since you're usually when I pop in since you're on the to be magnetic team I'm going to ask you this question about shadow mm-hmm. specifically when you redo this course at least I have the a la carte one I have yet to become a pathway member it's coming. Oh, girl, I'm going to what? do it. I know. It's so, yes, for how much I, I know for how much I do the work, it's so stupid that I don't do it. I know. I know. But I am, well, the, look at your face. I am, I am shocked. <laughs> I can't get on this way right now. I will. I vow. Amazing. I am on the team, but I am still blown away by the pathway every single day. I'm Done. in there every single day. It cool. is the most valuable tool. Please. Yeah. It's based on fear. It's like the fear of actually doing the work. Do you know what I mean? Which is like a healthy fear to really lean into. So I promise to you, I will do it. I swear. Okay, good. Let me talk to you though about what that is. So the fear that you're experiencing and resistance and for anyone out there that's experienced resistance, which is something I can super relate to. Lacey always, when she's talking about when we first started working together, it's like, yes, Amanda, my Aries client who refused to do any of the homework for like two years. And I'm like, so true because I experienced pure resistance. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to do anything she gave me because of this reason that I'm about to go into. So our ego was created, you know, obviously way back when we were created and what its purpose was, was to keep us safe. So 
um, we have an edge, right? And outside of the edge is the unknown. And when we were back in caveman days, that unknown was potential for physical danger where we could die. You know, it could be like a rival tribe. It could be a saber-toothed tiger, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it had to keep us back from really going outside of those boundaries that we knew and what was comfortable because we could die. However, we have evolved so that we no longer face these physical dangers pending this pandemic that we are in. Um, And now all we face outside of our comfort zone is quote unquote emotional danger. However, ego sees it the same. So it will give you the same signals it would give you if you were about to face a saber tooth tiger, which is you are out of your comfort zone, come back, you could die. Uh But now what it's trying to keep you back from is emotional new territory, Mm -hmm. right? Which is where past your edge, which is where all the growth is. So all that's happening is it's trying to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a point where you become aware of that and say, oh, I know what this is about. Okay. It's trying to prevent me from dying, but I can't, I'm not going to die from this emotional danger. It's just emotion. I can process through it, which, you know, emotion will come up when you do the work, but you can process through it. You are an adult, right? If you're feeling overwhelmed by emotion, you're in your inner child. You need to parent that inner child and come back into your adult self because your adult self can handle it and keep reminding yourself that that's what that is. So you can override that system and move Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so beautifully put. Yeah. So, and then within the shadow work, I don't know because you said it's updated. So maybe this isn't even a piece of it now. What would hold me back was that when you are to reach out to three people in your inner circle for the feedback, I would want to do the work again and be like, I feel bad like asking some of the same people to give me feedback Um, so do you have to keep doing that I mean I think it's really powerful Mm -hmm. um I think it's powerful to you to ask different people and it you might be like oh like I don't have three other people to ask but you do that's (laughs) just resistance that is simply resistance um and it could be more powerful even to ask people that you're not as close with because That's people true. that you're not as close with is going are going to have a different perspective on you. Whereas yeah. someone that you're very close with, like a best friend is going to have a lot of justification yeah. for any shadow aspects they see in you because they're going to be like, well, I know her history. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, a coworker who you are on like a friendly basis with and have like some sort of, you know, you know, friendship, even if it's very casual is going to see you differently. They're yeah. just going to see something and be like, that's fucking weird mm-hmm. versus like have that whole backstory for you. That's true. So I think going outside of your immediate circle, you know, the next time you do shadow and you ask three people can be really powerful. Yeah. That's always the part that holds me up in there and lies the work. That's where I get really scared. I'm like, I don't want to hear what people have to say that like is going to hurt my go. feelings. So but that's like, that's a shadow hello. aspect that you can integrate, yeah. you know, and this ties right into the idea that you don't want, a dude to listen to your podcast. So if you, <laughs> you have this fear of people actually knowing you yeah. and seeing you yeah. and actually allowing your full self to be out there because mm-hmm. you're fearful that that person isn't enough, that there's something wrong with that person, that there's that person's broken maybe, or that you are hiding who you really are. And mm-hmm. like this front that you put out isn't the real you and mm-hmm. the real you is something like dark and scary and weird and broken <laughs> yeah. and we're going to hate it. You right. Know? Yeah. But that isn't true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that because I used to feel that way about myself. I was like, I am a terrible human. And if people were to actually know me, they would figure that out and then they would hate me. And that was not true. I'm a great person and I'm not a terrible human. <laughs> and I really had to start looking at my shadow and integrating it 
to figure that out. And once I did, it wasn't scary. Yeah. I think too, yeah, I think too, and I know that you're a projector as well, but I think too, also learning my profile is a three, five and knowing that like, it's literally within my DNA of sorts to actually experience the human elements of life and then share them has been like one of the biggest gifts I've ever been given. It's like a permission slip, right? To just be like, I'm just sharing my experience. I'm not pretending to be an expert. I'm literally sharing and supporting in any way that I can. Right. And I mean, I think there's a couple of things in there that I want to touch on. One, like using labels like, you know, we have in human design, like we're a projector Mm -hmm. or, you know, three, five. I think can be super powerful if you're using those as a ladder to get out of some sort of construct that you've created in your head. Mm -hmm. However, so it's like helping you get to a next evolution and you're not using it instead to collapse inside of, right? So it could be like with the projector thing, like, oh, well, I have to wait for the invitation. Um, What I've discovered inside of being a projector with that is for big things that I don't need, things that I just kind of want and are on my manifestation list, yes, I don't really have to go out for those. They truly do come for me, come to me. But I'm in my worth about it. I'm not just like sitting on my couch, mm-hmm. my couch, quote unquote. But like you could collapse inside of that and just be like, well, I'm just going to sit back and not put myself out there at all mm-hmm. and not do any of the energetic work on, you know, that's on my end Mm -hmm. and just like wait for all these invitations and then they're not coming. And then you get frustrated because it's, you're collapsing inside of something. So if you're going to be using a label, use it to climb out of whatever construct Mm -hmm. has happened in your brain. I call them like little black holes when you're just like spiraling inside of something, Mm -hmm. use that to get out. If it's not helping you get out, throw it away because it's not working for you and like use something else. Um, but don't collapse inside of it because that will just cause you to feel frustrated and like stay small. And like, we don't need small, we need big and bright right now. 100%. I'm so glad that you said that. So glad that you said that because I think human design is really beautiful, but it also can, yeah, be used as a crutch and like a way to almost like paralyze yourself from doing what it Mm -hmm. is that you want to do. And back to even dating for all of our projectors out there, waiting for the invitation within dating can be a real mind fuck if you let it because you're like, oh, I just want to ask this person if they want to have a phone call. But you're like, I'm not supposed to. What? No. And so and I I talk about this with clients about like being in the masculine and being your feminine and like what that means. And, you know, feminine is like receiving. However, um, Lacey, on the last uh, podcast episode, she had, she asked about, or people asked a bunch of supportive questions. And one of them was, I like, like this guy and I want to ask him out, but I want to be like in my feminine. So can Mm -hmm. I do that? And she had a very good point and was like, well, what is that like feminine essence to you? Is that feminine essence that you're, you like go and seek, you know, what you want and you like ask someone out or is it that you don't like, Mm -hmm. and that's really what matters. And I think that is very true. Like in terms of if we're just using waiting for the invitation and, dating like there you can still just casually throw out like hey do you want to have a phone call and if they're like nope then great moving on <laughs> and if they are like yeah like cool great yeah. and there's that's still you're still being in like a feminine energy yeah. it's just really are you coming from a place of like worth and you feel really amped up and like stoked and you're gonna be good either way or mm-hmm. are you coming from a place of like desperation where it's gonna you know push you into a dark hole if like someone says no if you invite them to something you know I think those are like deeper things to really look at inside of those and if it does again going back to the shadow work you have some work to do (laughs) yeah exactly 
So I want to segue into a different topic, and I'm just going to come right out and ask your opinion on this. So why is it so easy for us to set aside the things that light us up or that we want to accomplish once we get settled into a relationship? I think that is because we have put this premium on getting into a relationship before we got in one, and we were, in a sense, waiting for it to come in and complete us. And even though, you know, if we had this sort of thing, we're like, I'm good. Like I'm like an independent woman and like, I'm fine and whatever. I'm like doing my thing. Um, you can still have that going on in your logical mind, but in your subconscious mind, it can be like, yeah, but I'm not going to be complete and or good enough and or worthy until I find this relationship. Um, and I think that really shows itself you kind of figure out where your subconscious was. If you get into relationship and you disappear inside of it, Mm -hmm. right. Um, it's also sort of coming from a place of you codependency and not wanting to rock the boat, wanting to always make sure that you're pleasing the partner, that you're being who they want you to be, um, versus who you are and standing in the worth of that. And if they don't like that, there's a potential for that to cause a rift and for that person to leave you, which Mm -hmm. would be very scary for someone who has abandonment issues, which is like nearly 90% of us. I was like raising my hand. Yeah. Right. So that is something that we're always kind of struggling with, right. Mm -hmm. Which is like going into like the attachment style. That's going to be like someone who's anxious. Um, Right. So I think when we get into that situation, if we're like in a relationship and it's just like, Oh, like all the things that I love, I've just like thrown out the window. Um, it's, that's just indicating to you where your subconscious was when you got into that relationship and that you're probably dealing with some sort of insecure attachment style is, does this mean that, you know, the relationship is bad and that you need to get out of it? No. If you're in a happy relationship and I don't want to say happy, if you're in a healthy and balanced relationship, if you start coming into your own and pulling back into your autonomy versus codependency, Mm -hmm. your partner will love and support that Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, you know, balanced and whole and they're doing the same for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's not a death sentence if you realize like you have just lost yourself in something, but it definitely is a wake up call to start doing the work to create space for yourself to find that autonomy once again. Yeah. And I mean, the freaky part is that at least for me, it had always been really subtle. So it's not like I've woken up on a specific day in a relationship and been like, oh, I'm no longer going to do this thing anymore. I just sort of like let it drift away, even certain projects that I had been thinking on and wanting to bring to fruition. Um, But so to the last point that you made, then why is it that those things generally don't come to the surface or they get pushed back up to the surface once we've been like punched in the stomach, so like gone through a breakup or left by someone, why is it then that we're like, now I'm going to create this thing that I said I was always going to create and then it's all bets are off? Because rock bottoms are such fertile growth periods and yeah. rock bottoms, you need them yeah. because that is kind of the cycle of this material plane that we are on, mm-hmm. right? Like there are peaks and there are valleys and, you know, like that uphill climb is when you're like down in the valley and you're climbing back up, you are gaining so much strength and so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much to like dig into and really discover about yourself, which doesn't mean that like the peak isn't awesome too, Mm -hmm. but all we kind of prioritize is getting to a peak, Mm -hmm. right? Like being in a relationship, being totally in love, 
um, getting married, being totally in love, you know, having kids, having it be perfect. And then, you know, like letting that just like coast at the peak forever. Mm -hmm. But that's just not going to be the case. Even if you get into a relationship and it's something long-term and you, and also I want to just say, throwing this out there, you can be in a long-term relationship that lasts for five years, 10 years. It's still successful, beautiful. You did a great job. It doesn't have to last till you die to be successful. Just Mm -hmm. FYI. Um, we really romanticize only forever. like you are forever together yeah. and that's like the only thing that matters and that's just not true. Um, yeah. but you know, that's not part of a long-term relationship. There's going to be peaks and valleys inside of that relationship too, where mm-hmm. you guys are like cruising along and you're feeling good and then you'll get stuck inside of something and you'll pull apart and you'll need to like do individual work to really come back together and continue on in this like new you know, phase. Um, so when we're in more of like the rock bottomy place, it's because we needed to learn something because we were not picking up on the smaller signals that were being sent our way. So we mm-hmm. get kicked into ones with the universe is like, Hey, I want you to learn this. I want you to get this. I want you to raise your worth so that you can get to this place that you want to be at and that mm-hmm. I want you to be at, but you got to like get there, mm-hmm. right? You have to like raise your worth enough so you know that that's where you deserve mm-hmm. essentially that's absolutely um, what happened to me within my last partnership when that ended it was like a universal whack of like you can't unsee this pattern anymore right we've just right. delivered it to you on this silver platter like are you in or are you out and I was like I am in I am exhausted I don't want to do this anymore I am better than this I it had right. nothing to do with my ex-partner it was like 110 percent about me and my worth Right. And it's not like, you know, using your example that if you had this like idea for a project that you needed to get into a breakup to bring it forward. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I want to clarify, you do not need to be in a rock bottom Mm -hmm. to make anything happen. And that's not the only fertile ground for growth and expansion. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. you can definitely find that at any point. However, if you are ignoring all of the signals and you're just staying inside of a rut, you know, like a rock bottom will help you with that growth because Mm -hmm. then you'll be really forced to look at it and be like, okay, well, what's going on? For example, in the world right now, Mm -hmm. we are all globally in a rock bottom because clearly the way that we have been living has not been working. Mm -hmm. And you're now being asked to really sit back and look at like, we need to change things. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? How do we move forward with life now? that we have been through this experience, you know, hopefully there that we get to experience like a, a shift in the dynamics of the way the world works mm-hmm. Absolutely. because that's what's being asked of us. Yeah. Individually and globally. So for the people who are listening, who can really deeply relate to this, um, subject, whether it's their present, their past, whatever, how are some ways that you can keep those, those pieces, those desires that you have and who you are at the forefront within partnership and maybe be a little bit more self-aware and conscious of not letting them fall through the cracks. And I won't even want to like specify that to like in quarantine, right? Mm -hmm. Cause like, let's say you're quarantining with someone and you are in a New York apartment and it is very tiny Mm -hmm. and you have no personal space. Um, so the way that you do that is you create that for yourself. So I would say if you're like quarantining together um, in a relationship, make space where you go out for walks, um, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, 
you know, in the evening, maybe it's like you're taking all those walks alone, you're taking two of them alone or one of them alone, whatever works for you. But you're using that time to like do things that you love that are passion for you. So maybe you're like running on one of those because you want to like work out or feel good or you're listening to podcasts or, you know, Heather, my fellow to be magnetic coach gave a great tip that you can do DIs when walking in nature. So maybe you use the, one of those walks as time to go and do this work on yourself and, you know, dig into old wounds and limiting beliefs. And you're creating that space for yourself to still dive into that self care, to dive into the things that feel good for you and that help you in your growth. Yeah. And then also I would say create space for you to have alone time, in all areas. So maybe that means if you still have an apartment, like you guys are just quarantined together, but you still have your own space. I have a friend, she's in a new relationship. They're quarantined together, but like every week she goes every other week, she goes back to her apartment and spends like three or four days there. And she, you know, does like face masks and dives into just things that she wants to do on her own. And, you know, listens to the music as loud as she wants, like all the things. And she really creates that space for herself so that she can do that. And if you are living together and you don't have that option, I would say like create little like pods, like the room is you're going to be like, okay, you're going to be in the room for like an hour and I'm going to be in the living room. Mm. And we're just going to create like a separation. So do whatever you want in there. I'm going to be in here. Like, I just need some privacy. Like, then you can like dance around, you know, if that makes you really happy or call your girlfriends and have a chat or whatever it would be paint, you know, whatever the mm -hmm. things are that you feel really passionate about that make you feel like you and that you're still paying attention to you reading, you know, diving into a project you've been wanting to dive into create that space. It's possible at any point. It's mm -hmm. just you having that conscious, um, awareness of, I need to create space for myself mm -hmm. because I am still the Thomas being who's responsible for my own happiness, mm -hmm. my own peace, my own fulfillment. So what are those things that create peace and fulfillment and happiness for you? Now, how can you go create those for yourself without relying on your partner? So yeah. your partner gets to add to that for sure. They are not the meal though. Mm -hmm. They are like the garnish on top. So what is creating the meal for you and how do you create that for yourself? And if you're like, I have no idea, great. Grab your journal exercise, grab a journal and then do this exercise, write down what makes me feel fulfilled, what makes me feel at peace, what makes me feel happy and it can't be anything that includes your partner for this exercise. Love that. And then whatever that is, start adding those things back into your life. Like mm -hmm. maybe it's, you know, you love reading. So create time to read. I've been reading a book a week and it's been awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, exercise or projects, create time for those, create, you know, action steps inside those projects, reach out to expanders. We all have time. So like you can ask more questions for people that, have, you know, are doing things that you want to be doing? How did they get into that and mm -hmm. start digging into that for yourself? Yeah. And if it doesn't feel like second nature to, to block out that time, something that's really helpful for me when I get into a rut of keeping myself too busy on things that like don't have to do with myself is, is figuratively adding it to your, or literally adding it to your to-do list, blocking mm -hmm. out time in your calendar every single day. Totally. 
go read for 30 minutes or like go take an Epsom salt bath, give yourself an hour or, you know, it might seem silly to write little things like that down amongst your to-do list, but it's really helpful to get you into that mind frame of like, this is a priority. And I'm sure your partner will love the structure of being like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to go, you're going to go do your thing and I'm going to go do mine. And like, great. Mm -hmm. Like that is awesome. That keeps inside of this quarantine too. That can keep things really fresh. If you're like actively taking time of like, you stay in there for like an hour and I'm going to be in here for an hour so we can both like just have some space and do our thing and have some like pretend alone time. Yeah. And then after that hour is over, you can like come back together and feel a little refreshed and a little rejuvenated because we do need that time apart to keep that, um, freshness alive, Mm -hmm. not because we need to like be separated, but because we need to be reminded of who we are and cultivate that and let that grow because that's what drew our partner to us in the first place was that sense of self and that celebration we had in us. So that's how you continue it is creating space for it. That's so true. And I think that that beautifully just goes full circle with the original question of why it, why you can feel so um, free and sort of just like, I can do anything when a partnership ends mm-hmm. because you've returned solely to yourself. Right. I but that, that doesn't have to end in yeah. partnership. And yeah. if, you know, if you want something whole and balanced for partnership, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you are still... I, I talk about, you know, what we're trying to create is an interdependent relationship, which means you are whole autonomous beings, but you can depend on each other, right? But you have to work yourself to maintain your wholeness and your autonomy and not go into codependence. So how are you creating that for yourself? You know, like obviously still rely on your partner, but how are you relying on yourself? And that's such an important thing to always check in with and to always make sure like, I, how am I feeling fulfilled on my own? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what am I doing for myself? And that's, I think it it doesn't necessarily just need to be inside of like romantic relationships. That can be if you're, if you're like married to your work, how are you fulfilling yourself outside of your work? Mm -hmm. You know, If, if you're just like, you're just hanging out with all of your friends, like, how are you finding fulfillment outside of those friendships? Mm hmm. So it, it matters in every aspect. It's not just romantic. Like you need to be whole and autonomous everywhere. And so that, that requires a lot of consideration and space to be created for you mm-hmm. to be able to show that you can show up fully in all these other areas of your life and really give more of yourself. And when you do that, then other people have the permission to do the same. Yeah. So good. So what about, I want to talk about self-abandonment. Um, Mm. because this is something that I see often. I think it's, Mm. it's not a foreign concept, but people morphing into the person that they're with almost, right? Like their interests become yours, their friends become yours. You start to mirror their personality. And I know some of that is natural and healthy and welcomed. And it's, you know, just like a reflection of spending time with someone, but, Um, oftentimes I think it can be to an extreme where someone has completely abandoned themselves. So do you see this within some of your clients, that loss of self? And if so, for sure. Yeah. yeah, Why does this occur? And why is it so easy to, to just abandon ourselves and almost like just morph? Mm. Um, I think codependency, uh, that's what we were modeled in childhood in some form or another. Either we saw 
our, you know, parents doing that with one another, or we had to do that to please our parents. Mm -hmm. We had to be what our parents needed us to be. Um, so that we could maintain some sort of equilibrium and Mm -hmm. feel like our survival could continue. Um, and then, you know, when we get into relationships of any kind, because that, that can happen in friendships mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you get a new best friend and then you kind of morph into like what they like doing yeah. versus kind of like sticking out and really being authentic and saying what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get into that then in adulthood because that's what we know. Mm-hmm. We associate love with I need to be what you want so that you will love me and I will not be abandoned and I can survive, right? Because in childhood, that's what was the model that was created for us. So it feels very easy, but it's Mm -hmm. also what the brain is associating love with. So the brain is like, oh, okay, this is what love is. Disappear. And just the power of you saying that out loud and hearing you say that out loud the way that you did is like powerful in itself. Because when when you break it down that simply and you're almost talking to yourself like the child version of you, it's like, yeah. so quickly are you taken back to like, wait a minute, you know, like right. that's not authentic. Right. And I mean, we definitely want to have things in common mm-hmm. with, you know, a romantic partner, obviously, because you want to be able to like do things together and mm-hmm. have fun and like, you know, both laugh at the office. Yeah. For example, like I try to make my parents watch the office and they don't find it funny, which I was blown away by like, this is the best show on television. What do you mean? Anyway. How am I a product of you? For example, the important, I'd be like, if you don't find the office funny, we're not going to get along. Um, but you also don't have to have everything in common. And that creates a lot of really great friction in that there's a lot of, of like magnetism, Uh, that's not the right word. There's just a lot of draw to that. Mm -hmm. If someone is, has a different perspective and they can teach you, um, about something and, or vice versa, you can teach them, you know, it's like, if you have, you know, I have really great emotional intelligence and I can teach my partner a lot about communication and, you know, all of this stuff that we're, we're talking about. And then I would love for my partner to have another strength that I'm weaker in that he could teach me about and Mm -hmm. like lead. And then, you know, I'll lead in this area and we're kind of like taking turns in that way. And that's really powerful. And that's creates a sense of connection in that. And Mm -hmm. it keeps it exciting. It keeps it mysterious Mm -hmm. when you're like, I don't, you know, I don't really know how they feel about that. Or I love that my partner doesn't want to do everything with me. They also have their own life that they're going to go off and run and that, makes me stoked because they're like out doing the best that they can and living their best life. And like how cool that I have a a partner who is so invested in themselves and feels so full of life, you know, like that's a really attractive quality. Absolutely. Um, But that takes, again, it takes a lot of conscious effort. If you're in that subconscious pattern of codependency to do the work around finding the worth to even state that you have a different opinion Mm -hmm. than someone because Mm -hmm. you won't, if you feel, if you're not in your worth, because you will be too fearful that if you create any sort of discrepancy in opinion or likes and interests, that that will mean they will abandon you. Right. Right. So you will do, if you're coming from your wounds and you're in that low self-worth, you will do anything to not be abandoned. So if that's happening for you, that is a huge white flag being raised from yourself to be like, hey, look here. 
so you can really look at this wound and you can start to show up more authentically when you start to do this work Mm -hmm. and you can really get to, you know, you can create some healing within the reprogramming and, you know, inner child would be great for this. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask, it would be inner child. Yeah. I mean, inner child and shadow. Okay. I mean, both are huge. Um, inner child though, first, I would say, if you're really experiencing a lot of this, because you want to be able to have the worth that you feel for autonomy. Otherwise you won't do it because you'll be like, hello, if I'm autonomous, then I'm going to be abandoned. Um, which isn't true, you know? And even if you are broken up with, you're not being abandoned. Adults cannot be abandoned. Children can. So if you're in that fear, again, you're in that inner child state and you're not in your adult self, which is, I have this conversation with my clients all the time. I'm like, you are your five-year-old self. You are not your 35-year-old self. And that's why it feels crazy because a five-year-old is making decisions for a 35-year-old woman. Oh, my God. No one else can see me except for Amanda right now, but my jaw is like on the floor and I'm getting very teary-eyed because that was such like a simple statement, but like no one's ever said that to me before. And that just rung so true because I think for me too, my abandonment issues are very different. Some were like issues that I was clinging really hard onto, even though I knew that like they should separate. And so again, the rock bottom hit right for two of them. And then even abandonment as far as like debt, like my dad passing away to me felt like a different kind of abandonment. And I've never had it articulated so well where it's like, you feel crazy because the five-year-old version is making a decision. It's very powerful. And that's what I think always what I'm trying to convey to my clients um, and, you know, anyone that is doing this to me, to be magnetic work. And, you know, this, I learned from Lacey, it's like, mm-hmm. we are not broken. We are not crazy. So this work is not to fix you. Mm-hmm. This work is not to, you know, make you sane. Um, what this work is doing is peeling back the programming that is telling you those things are true to show you your actual truth, that you are whole, you are divine, you are exactly as you should be. And like, it's just bringing yourself home Mm -hmm. to the things that you already are and peeling away the things that you are not. And that's it. Yeah, it's so good. So, okay, I want to close out with what, with some rapid-fire questions, if that's hey. okay. Okay, great. Yeah. So, in this season of life, what are you most grateful for? Mm. I am most grateful for career um, because I spent so much of my 20s thinking that I was worthless and couldn't do what I wanted to do and didn't have any capabilities or talents or skills. And I am so grateful for this work for Lacey in particular Mm -hmm. for showing me who I really was and Mm -hmm. that I do have a lot of skills and I have talent and I have things to offer the world. And I am very capable because it Mm -hmm. is so empowering to step into myself in this career sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, just like from an outsider's perspective, I know we've connected in the past and um, I follow you on Instagram, but like, it's so clear that you were just so born to do this. It just, oh, it's you. so effortless, you know, like the things that you share okay. and whatever. So I'm very excited for you. It just looks and it feels very aligned. So that's awesome. 
I will receive that. I'll do that. <laughs> Good. You should. <laughs> what's something that you, okay, this might go hand in hand, but what's something that you value about yourself? Um, I value that I am very honest and direct, mm-hmm. which has for sure gotten me in trouble sure. in the past. Um, and I'm sure will in the future because I don't always wield it as expertly as I probably could. Mm-hmm. But I also deeply value that I honesty is so important to me and I practice what I preach in that way. And I try yeah. to be as honest as I can in all situations. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect, of course, but I really try very hard. And I also appreciate directness at me. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone to you know, just tell me something to like kiss my ass. Mm -hmm. So I don't do that for other people either. I'm like, I'm going to tell you directly. So if I'm Mm -hmm. saying it to you, I fucking mean it. Um, and I think that's really powerful. There's nothing more profound to me than like being able to trust someone's words. Yeah. So I try very hard to be that kind of person Mm -hmm. that has that integrity. I'm just curious. Are you a fire sign? Yeah. I'm an Aries. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. I have, uh, I'm like rising sun, rising moon, Venus, Mercury is all in Aries. Wow. So. <laughs> Aries <laughs> yeah. Just one little fire emoji. Yeah, exactly. Um, are you an early bird or a night owl? I know this is a great question that I do not know because mm-hmm. I have, I have insomnia. Um, so does my mom and so do my brothers. It like runs in our family and I, really struggle with sleeping soundly. So if I'm getting enough sleep, I wake up at like 637 quite naturally. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting a terrible night's sleep, then I wake up at like 8, 830. So I love mornings. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that makes me a morning person, but I can't always get up and like yeah. be perky because I might not have gotten enough night's sleep. Yeah. So when are you really most depends. creative or like tapped in generally in the morning or, a- or evening or afternoon? I think in the morning. Yeah. That's kind of what I go off of. So I'm like, when am I lit up the most about like my creativity and really. But also like ping pongs. Like I can, I can find it in both ends of the day. Sure. Right before, like when I first wake up and then like right before I go to bed, I like write. So I journal at those two ends. Mm -hmm. So it's, I feel really creatively open during both of those times. Yeah. Great. Um, Coffee or tea? Tea. I hate coffee. What's your favorite tea? (laughs) Uh, Right now, I love dandelion. So my mom has this insulated mug here at her house, and it keeps your tea warm all day long. So I can, like, nurse one cup Mm -hmm. of tea for, like, five hours, and it's awesome. Is that just accidentally going to slide into your suitcase on Saturday? (laughs) Back to New York? Yeah, she was like, I have one you can take. Oh, that's nice. I need it. I've been trying to, my hair is getting really long, but I'm trying to grow it as long as it'll go. And so I'm doing, I'm drinking Lacey's, um, nettle tea concoction nettle. every day. Nettle is super helpful. That, yeah. I love nettle. I see a difference in my hair when I drink that. What is your morning routine like right now in quarantine? I wake up, um, without an alarm. And then the first thing I do is meditate and then I journal and then I do a DI and then I try to read whatever nonfiction book I'm reading for like 10 or so pages. Um, and then I take a walk with my mom and my dog. And then I work out 
and then I dive into work after that. I so usually great. start work around like 11. Yeah. And so I, depending on like when I'm waking up, obviously if I wake up like 8.30, I can't fit all of those steps in, but I will, I don't miss journaling, meditating, DI and exercise. So yeah. it depends on how much time I have if I can fit in the full thing. What's your favorite form of exercise? Oh, running. Running, running, running. Also Pilates. Although yeah. I I don't love doing my friend Jesse Zala has a Pilates studio that I was going to in New York, which sadly is not able to be open because of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um and she's gonna actually be kinda of, she's kinda of like switching up the way that she's gonna do it. But she's been offering online classes, but I don't love online classes. Yeah, I feel that. At all yeah. For working out. The only online class that I can take is like something luxury or kundalini like Mm -hmm. that I can do online which if you want a kundalini Mm -hmm. class it's awesome virtually Taylor Eyewalker is your girl oh noted Um, okay she's amazing so so Jesse is offering these classes but I just can't do it so I I haven't been doing Pilates but it is my favorite when I can get on the um the machines I love yeah it's so transformative yeah, it's running. It's just, it's such a way to clear my head. It really helps me process things. I just, I feel better mentally when I'm done. Mm-hmm. I just love running. <laughs> I was DMing Amanda the other day about running. I'm like, so what happens if your lungs get super hot? <laughs> I tried it the yeah, other day and I was like, make yourself run this so is cute. Yeah, I just took off. I was like super cocky about it. So I just need to start super slow. Well, and people I think get into this mindset of like, if I'm not running at the certain pace, then like I'm a loser, let your body work into it and like show you where it's at. And that's good enough. Like I'm running very slow right now because I took three months off to heal some endocrine issues. It didn't really help, but I did it. And I'm having to like get back into the shape that I was in where I was running, which is not even fast. First of all, I just am a slow runner was like 9.30 per mile. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm at like, I've got myself back to like 10 minutes per mile, but I was like 10.30 for like the last month. And that's totally fine. Yeah, Like I wasn't. It's personal. Thumbed or like I need to run faster. It was just like, I will get back to that, that old standard of mine and I'm okay with it taking time. So I think people just need to like let themselves be where they are. That's so true. That's good advice. I also have a question about the DI. Um, Mm. You do it every morning. Um, I do it every morning and every evening and then if, or like if I can't make it twice in a day, then I do at least one. But what if you don't have something that's like coming up as a trigger? I do it for reinforcement. Um, the thing about neuroplasticity is it takes time. And so you want to constantly be reinforcing the new neural pathways you're creating versus strengthening the old ones okay so the more you're strengthening the new neural pathways with di's the more you're weakening your old neural pathways right and that just does take reinforcement so i do it to reinforce what i'm trying to create so like right now for example i'm working with some di's within the um up level um workshop because they're really good for reinforcing and i love them they just make me feel awesome so that's typically how I start my day is like with these like feel good ones. And then when I have something come up trigger wise, I do that in the afternoon and, or if I'm working through a workshop, I do it in the afternoon. Okay. So like morning and night for me is like reinforcement. And then an afternoon would be like, if I need to do work around something. Got it. Okay. And you're speaking from the, the DIs in the pathway too, cause I only have access to the one yes. 
God, got Dad, it. Do you need that path? I'm going to do it. I swear. It. If you don't have, you know, if you're like doing a DRE and you're doing the same one at night and you don't have like a lot coming out in the journal exercises, that's okay. Like mm-hmm. you can still do the DRE. It's yeah. good for reinforcement. I love that mind frame. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. If you were a color, what color would you be? That's a great question. Hmm. I think like a light greenish blue. I don't Your, know why. My own color. My <laughs> own color. Combination it. of colors. Yeah. What um song or musician is on repeat for you right now? Um first of all, I am loving Fiona Apple's new album. Oh, she has a new one. Fetch- yeah, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. It's awesome. Okay. Uh Phoebe Bridges. And Perfume Genius. Oh, it's so good. Awesome. I'll link that. I'm trying to collect as much music as I can to give out to the community because I feel like music is just so healing and good right now. And just to get new artists. Also, Harry Styles' album is fucking awesome. (gasps) Love him so much. Not even embarrassed. Yeah. He's so good. No, fuck no. No shame. Yeah. He's a very talented man. He is. He's a very talented man. He might have started in a boy band. Don't care kid has so much style love his androgynous style and i love his music it's really good yeah he's like uh this day's justin timberlake he's like this day's like someone way cooler than <laughs> no offense justin because i know you're listening like no offense jt you cool but harry Styles is like <sighs> So I know you've been reading like rapid fire. I've been jotting down yeah. a lot of your the books that you're finishing. So do you have a favorite out of let, let's just go with the favorite of the books that you've read so far in quarantine? One that sticks out. Um, I think right now my top two, and it, I really liked reading them actually back to back, was um, Norwegian Wood, which I cannot pronounce the author's name. Okay. So it's a Japanese author. <laughs> okay. Can't not gonna not gonna do that to him and then um blonde by joyce carol oates so when you think of being human what's the first thing that comes to mind mm, messy i love that answer that's so good it's very messy to human, but it's also very you know there's beauty in the mess and then lastly where can people find you you can find me at tubingmagnetic.com under one-on-one coaching <laughs> <laughs> we're celebrating um, yeah very cool uh so join the pathway because coaching is only available to pathway members mm-hmm. and also the pathway is just the most fantastic resource ever if i like i had to give one thing that has helped me the most in this life it would be the pathway mm-hmm. uh, and all of those tools mm-hmm. and workshops that we are working on updating all the time um, you can also find me at XO Amanda Blair on Instagram and my website, which is um, amandablair.org. And before I let you go, I do want to ask you this one question for anyone who's listening. So with the one-on-one coaching, who would this be best for? So this would be best for one-on-one coaching. Um, what I love that that we have two coaches um, mm-hmm. now is because I – so I'm really going to be focusing on – relationships and again that's like relationship to self um Mm -hmm. but also you know love and it's all the things inside that passing test jumping off cliffs um self-worth you know 
boundaries. Love boundaries. Love talking about boundaries. If you have a hard time with boundaries, please come see me. Um, and that can also be like career and money. And we can focus on that too. And just like self-growth. And then, um, Heather is really great at personalizing the practice. She has amazing tips. I mean, she shared a lot of them. Her, on her story podcast is wild. I know. She's so good. <laughs> So she is, she's phenomenal for that. If you have like been doing the work and you're just like, I, you know, don't know how to like take it deeper. She's fucking amazing with that. Um, and you know, she has like a lot of career uh, stuff that she can help you work through and money mm-hmm. too. She's, she's done a lot of that for herself, which is amazing, but coaching one-on-one, whether you come to me or you come to Heather, it's going to be really great if you are someone who is brand new to the work and has nowhere to, you know, nowhere to start and they don't know like where to begin and Mm -hmm. like how to really dive in. Um, we'll help you do that because we're going to give you a really, um, focused, uh, like framework on how to approach the work and, you know, what workshop to do first and like how to even move through that workshop. Mm -hmm. And then it's also great for someone who's been doing the work for a while, but isn't really seeing a lot come through and feeling really frustrated. We'll help you pick out those blocks. We'll help you see what you haven't been seeing. We'll help you move through that resistance if you've been experiencing it and you haven't been actually doing the work. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it's all, you know, it's for anyone that is for like me specifically, if you are dating and looking for love, if you are in a relationship, but you're looking to deepen your sense of self-worth and growth, um, to show up into that relationship more fully, or if you're looking to leave a relationship and you're not Mm -hmm. quite sure how you're not quite sure if you should, um, if you're looking to raise your self-worth, if you need to jump off cliffs, I already talked about boundaries. Let's talk about it more. (laughs) Boundaries. I am your girl. Um, so it's so kind good. of for anyone that is yeah. just wanting to commit to more self-growth. But, you know, we have two coaches. And if I don't resonate with you, please check out Heather. She's also wonderful. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be a good fit in there. That's amazing. Okay, so you have to have the pathway, but you don't have to have started. Like, you don't have to finish any sort of work to be no, eligible. No, we do want you to have looked through how to manifest. Sure, okay. you have, like, a general idea of the manifestation process. Yes. Just so that we know we don't have to, like, spend time being like, this is what a test is. Yeah, like, this exactly. Is what, you know, this means. It's, if you have that, like, knowledge, that's really great to go into it. So you just get but to work. But other than yeah. that, halfway, you know, how, how to manifest, and you can just jump in and we can help you with the rest. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming back and just sharing yourself with us. Yeah. I love talking with you. And again, just, I'm so inspired by the way you show up in the world. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, how amazing is she? I'm so glad that you guys tuned in for this episode. I really feel like it's going to impact so many. I know I was deeply impacted by this episode and we talked a lot about to be magnetic. I cannot recommend this work enough. I do it personally. We talk about shadow work a lot as well. So you can really feel its importance. I'm going to link all of those things in the show notes. So fear not if you were feeling a little lost and flustered about what is shadow and what is to be magnetic and where do I find it? I will take care of you alongside all the other nuggets that Amanda references in this episode. I really appreciate you showing up here. It means so much to me and I will see you back here next week.